0: Episode 11, Midnight Visitors, Part 1.
1: Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Metreon, Kaya as Lilison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Arthur Deer. You can catch The Horror live every Saturday at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, Let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top Gothic car campaign, especially significant given that this is Halloween, the season of of at least. So welcome again, everyone. I am Carta, your host and DM. And thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in during this exceptionally spooky season to what we hope is an exceptionally spooky show. Uh, Before we get started, uh, just a few quick announcements uh, from Serena, do you want to take it away real quick?
2: I do indeed. Um, so as you are all aware, we finally have our own subreddit, reddit.com slash R slash twice bitten D D for episode recaps and discussion threads. And there is a discussion thread for episode 11 already. So get your theory fingers cracking. We have a full asset library, um, You'll get the first notifications for new podcast episodes and YouTube VODs. We're also going to be having um, episode art galleries so you guys can look back at all of the amazing art we've been featuring. We do welcome any and all interactions from theories and art to fan fiction and beyond. And a little bit later, after the break, we are going to be announcing our twice-bitten Curse of Strahd Halloween giveaway. So stay tuned for that.
1: All right, thank you, Serena. Uh, I think that's all we got for the start of the show. So without any further ado, let's dive in and get started with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten.
2: A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrillai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever-forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface.
3: In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metrion. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metrion the Magnificent, He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume, and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely.
2: The
0: well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lillicen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself. And even looks nervous when anyone comes
4: within ten feet of her. Amity, a terrifying deviloid, with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment.
5: Erthrindir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite gotten enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However... This did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. With that, I think we're ready to get started with this session. So, last we left off on Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. In search of safety from Strahd von Zarovich and escape from the dreary land of Barovia, our five travelers made their way to the fortified town of Vallaki, alongside Ismark Kolyanovich and Irina Kolyana, a woman who they learned was pursued by the attentions of the vampire Strahd. In Vallaki, they met Erwin and Danica Mardikov, the kindly owners of the Blue Water Inn. But despite the peace and sanctuary they found there, they soon learned that not all was well in Vallaki. The Burgomaster, they learned, a baron named Vargas Velakovich, ruled the town with a firm hand, hosting weekly festivals to keep spirits up by any means necessary, which they learned would include the Festival of the Blazing Sun, now taking place in two days' time. The travelers learned that the baron could be cruel toward those who disobeyed his laws or disparaged his festivals, and that his commands were enforced by his violent and fiendish henchman, Isaac Strozny. With that information, Our party, still cautious, but seeking answers, took a day to explore and engage in some shopping, making a few purchases and inquiring for information throughout the town. After a visit to the local toy maker, however, Strahd's charm upon Kiva and Amity lifted, forcing them to confront the haze and confusion that had settled over their minds. Returning to the Blue Water Inn, Kiva shared her experiences in private with Lillison, who shared a story of her own in effort to reassure her. As the others met with Ismark below, now returned from a day of acquiring information, Kiva spoke with Irina, who shared with her own experiences, with the intrusive and violating experience of Strahd's hypnosis. That night, conflicted and unsure of their path forward, the party went to sleep in their rooms, preparing themselves for the day to come. As they drifted into dreams, however, Amity experienced a terrible nightmare of bats and carnage and blood, and awoke in the middle of the night sweaty, and shaking. And so, Amity, you awaken. The light outside your windows, dark. The shroud and specter of night fallen over the dark sky of a lucky beyond. There's a single flickering amber light from the candle on the corner table, now burnt down to little more than a nub. You can feel the sweat dripping down your forehead, collecting around the base of your horns, your hair feeling drenched and tattered. You can see the amber light flickering, faintly casting long shadows over the faces of Erthrindir and Kiva, sitting their eyes faintly closed in what you've come to recognize as a kind of meditation as they trance upon their own beds beside you. You take a deep breath, steadying yourself. And as you do, you hear something tapping at your window. I whisper to myself,
4: I gotta get out of here. And I guess I go up to the
1: window. Is it the gentle flip plop of rain? It is not. As you make your way forward, the window itself is somewhat uh, murky due to the darkness of the space outside. But as you do, it becomes a more harsher tap, like a hard object against wood, as opposed to the pitter-patter of rain and drizzle that you've come to recognize in Barovia. As you peer through the window, what you see is has uh, metal bars at a cross across it, and slightly dirty glass in four panes, you can see that the shutters that you thought you would close the previous night have been opened. And as you glance onto the other side of the glass, you can see a tiny bat peering inside, a little creature with black fur and big black eyes that flicker with glitters of scarlet as you watch it taps its little claws on the window and bears its tiny fangs toward you, glaring up at you with a silent hiss. Oh, jeez. Um... <laughs> I guess I just suspect that this is
4: a normal bat, but just in case, I, I guess I, I'm like, y- you're just a bat, right? Not, It's not like a vampire coming to get us. I, I mean, I don't have speak with animals up, so if it's just a bat, it doesn't understand this at all.
1: The bat bears its fangs a little bit wider, its beady little eyes blinking, and... As it does, it takes a few steps away, its little wings fluttering and beats its way, vanishing out of the sight of the window.
4: All right, it was it was just a bat. There's nothing to be scared of. Uh, Amity returns to the bed. I have gotten to get out of here.
1: You turn Is- away, mumbling to yourself, and what was your question?
4: I was just going to say, is it still like the witching hour or is it a reasonable time for other people to wake up?
1: Uh, no, it is quite late. You don't imagine you've been asleep for very long. And as you turn away from the window, muttering to yourself, you don't hear the bat, but what you do hear is the sudden humming and crackling of energy. And then behind you, you hear the crashing and crunching and splintering of glass, shattering. You hear the sound of glass shards spattering across the floor, whirling around. You suddenly hear the rush of the chill wind outside. And as you do, you seeing the lower right broken pane of the window. You suddenly see a flood of tiny black bodies, leathered and winged, flooding inside the chamber. I will need everyone to roll initiative.
5: Oh
1: <laughs> And those of us Maybe who are moment to pull the map up. Uh, you are still asleep, but we will get there in due time.
5: Oh, boy.
1: If you're still asleep, then... Oh, wait, does that mean... I...
4: Okay. We, we didn't do anything since the last long rest, so...
1: Alright. So, everyone, please select your tokens and roll initiative.
2: Hey, Dragna, I have a question for you. Um, Go for why? it. Why are you doing this?
1: Because I hate you, that's why. <laughs>
5: well, good enough.
4: Uh, I not so. know where you are. Sure.
1: Alright. Well, with that, Lillison, from afar, you hear the distant shattering of glass. You are jolted awake from your sleep, but you are surprised this round. Okay. Metron, you hear the same. Kiva, you are rudely awoken from your trance, your eyes snapping open. Uh, you are surprised this round, but you are now awake. Okay. All right, with that, you watch as the swarms of bats begin to flood into the room. Almost like a never-ending flood, a cascade of tiny black bodies of clouds filling the air and sky around you. All right, so, uh they are going to make two attacks against Kiva. That's a 23 to hit?
3: <laughs> yeah, that hits.
1: All right, you suffer 4 points of piercing damage as the bats bite and tear at your flesh. And this going to attack. On? That's a nine to hit. That
0: one misses.
1: All right, next up, uh, two are going to attack Erthrondir as one of the swarms flies above him and dives down toward him. That's going to be a six to hit against Erthrondir and a 21.
5: Nope. The 21 will hit, yes.
1: All right, you suffer five points of piercing damage. Ow, 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 ow. All right, and with that, two are going to attack Amity. That is an 18 to hit and a seven. Uh, The 18 hits. All right, very good. Uh, you suffer seven points of piercing damage. Hey. All right, and with that, that is the end of the Bat's turns. Um, you can hear movement coming from the room beside you. You think Irina and the others might have heard it. Amity, it's your turn. What are you doing?
4: All right. Um, Amity uh, adjusts this way slightly and then casts Thunder Wave, something in the spirit of a gigantic ox hoof stomping down on the ground to try to thunder these four
1: bats away all right you said this was thunder wave yeah all right what direction is this cube facing in do you mind placing it on the map
4: yeah i did i just place it here possibly um i, I it's coming from me going south and east and so it's trying to push these four bats
1: gotcha so the bat between you and air is actually above you apologies for that not being clear but you can get three bats with this if, if it's a cube then can one side point up and get the one above me uh no unfortunately because that would okay. require you know an indentation of the cube but you can get the three bats uh to yourself uh that's acceptable all right
4: let's uh get some saves going right they have to make constitution saving throws
1: that is three failures
4: what? Yeah. Alright, uh, they each take only five thunder damage and are pushed ten feet away from me.
1: In addition, any unsecured objects that happen to be in of uh, this in room are uh, <laughs> uh, away. sorry, it looks like the attack rolled on foundry rolled the damage first. Should I use that one? Oh,
4: did the attack oh, I guess it did. Okay, I didn't see that. Should I use that one?
1: Yes it auto rolls. Alright, excellent. Thank you. Next up is actually no, Metreon and Lilisin. As you startle awake Glancing around the room, you suddenly hear um, the sound of slamming coming from the corridor outside your door. You hear loud thuds and the splintering of wood. And as you do, glancing at the window, you can see several dark silhouettes staggering up the stairs.
2: There's a moment later,
1: and the door cracks, and you hear the sound of cracking and splintering, and you watch as one of them begins to stagger through through the window.
3: No, I don't like that.
1: Alrighty then. So, uh, as you're watching this, uh, Metreon, you are up. So, uh, Metreon would have actually already been up uh, at this
3: hour, uh, tattooing himself. But when he hears the, the, the chaos coming from the direction of the other's room and then hears the splintering of, of his own door, um, he's gonna reach over, pull over his jacket so he has some kind of armor and uh, reach around and get his crossbow out. Are they, uh, is whatever is trying to get into our room in our room or are we still kind of secure
1: right now? you the door to your room has not been
3: damaged. Okay. I'm going to use my action to, can I move this, like this cat, this cupboard or dresser?
1: Uh, yes. If you want to try to move it in front of your door to obstruct it. Yes. I'm going to do that. All right, go for it. Uh, make an athletics check for me.
3: Uh, yeah. Um, pray for me. I am.
1: Six. All right, you try it, struggle to move it, but don't successfully push it aside. It stays stubbornly in place.
3: Lil, Lil. And I'll, uh, I'll call out to Lillison to hopefully try and help me next time. And that's
1: my turn. Very good. Uh, with that, Lillison, you're up.
0: Okay. Uh, Lillison jolts awake from where she had been lying on the other bed and goes, what? What's what's going on?
3: There's something coming up here. There's something's going on in uh, Something's trying to get in.
0: Are we going out to meet them? Are we barricading ourselves?
3: I'm not going out to meet them.
0: All right. Um, get away from the door. I'll take a very quick look.
3: Uh, yeah, he's he's still kind of like behind the dresser, so you could totally access it.
0: Okay. Uh, gonna hop over here real fast, and then uh, ease the door open just a little bit, trying to be um, trying to be stealthy and peek outside.
1: All right, make a stealth check for me.
0: That is a 13 stealth.
1: All right, 13. You slowly peer, cracking open the door. I'll let you open it on Foundry if you'd like to get a peek. Uh, From here, just faintly, you can just barely see uh, those several dark figures. Completely in the darkness, though your dark vision does faintly illuminate them in gray and shades of black and white. They seem to be slowly shambling forward. You can see flesh sloughing off the bones. They appear to be slowly shambling forward, and you hear a low, guttural growl echoing from their, uh, approach.
0: I don't like the look of this. Metreon, what do we do?
3: We stay in here. Get in here. Just help me push this thing in front of it.
0: Okay. Uh, Lillison will close the door and, uh, I guess help tug the drawer,
3: uh, in front of the door.
1: All right. Uh, make uh, an athletics check for me.
3: Can she, can I help give her the help action? Uh, no, you would have had to do that on
1: your... Uh, all right, together with Lillison, suddenly showing a burst of strength, the two of you haul the, the wardrobe from its place in the corner and slam it in front of the door, obstructing the path. As you do, uh, you do hear a sound of thunderous force and screams coming from the uh, other guest room. Do
3: you think that
2: was
0: the rest of us?
3: Metron's, uh, just, like, holding the door, the, holding the, the cabinet against the door. Uh, I don't...
1: Know. Fuck. Uh, I don't know what to do.
0: Damn. what do the windows look like?
1: Uh, the windows themselves? They've got pretty heavy, uh, not bars, but reinforcements in a cross pattern. Otherwise, uh, you know, is there anything specific you're looking for? They've got pretty heavy shutters attached to them.
0: Do they have glass over them?
1: Yes. They are, you know, crossbars in glass.
3: Okay.
0: Well, I don't think any of them are getting in that way, I suppose. um, If I still have the action for it, I would like to point my finger towards where I know the other room is and cast Message to Erthrendir.
1: Uh All right, I will allow it. Or actually, no, it would have taken your action to move the wardrobe, I'm afraid.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah, that will be my turn.
1: All right, uh, Erythrindir, you're up. Okay. Uh, you so, have swarms of bats attacking you, several other swarms filling the space in the room. As the thunderous blast of Amity's Thunder Wave clears, you see the walls stripped bare, all the furnishings uh, destroyed or twisted, and the glass in the windows before you just blown out and splintered onto the street. Uh, what would you like to do?
5: Okay. Uh, does it look like there's anything else about to come in through our window?
1: Uh, make a perception check for me. Got gotcha. you.
5: Okay, that is a 15.
1: It doesn't seem to be that there's anything else coming in. It seems that the swarm has largely finished coming in through the window that Amity was by.
5: All right, he's going to look over to Kiva and just mouth, all right, y- you got this, fuck him up. And he's going to give her a dive, bardic inspiration. And then turning to the swarm of bats in front of him, he raises his wand from where, from it, fumbles it out of his pocket and begins to sing. And as he does, it's the song of, at least Kiva can understand it, just saying something along the lines of, we know this world is yours. We know the woods are dark and terrible and that you are the masters of it, but this place is ours and you are not welcome here. And with that, he's going to cast dissonant whispers on the bat in front of him. That's going to be a wisdom save. Uh,
1: Is this the one to the south of him, above him, or to the bottom right?
5: Uh, South.
1: You got it. Alrighty, let's see how this goes. That is a natural 20, I'm afraid.
5: Oh, dang it. Okay, they only take half as much damage on a save, which is still sick psychic.
1: In fact, you watch as, you know, a number of other bats fall forth from the swarm. uh, Their little bodies smashing on the ground. Um, It doesn't look like there are very many bats left in this swarm anymore.
5: Okay, he'll take it. In that case, he's just going to look around in panic, and that's his turn.
1: All right, Kiva, you're up.
2: Okay, so poor Kiva, who has woken up very rudely from her sleep and is now being attacked by bats, is going to rage.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, what happens when she rages?
2: So I have to roll something uh, to figure that out, so give me one moment.
0: You have to roll something? Tell us more.
5: Mm-hmm. Do you now?
2: Okay, so as she rages, this sort of intangible spirit that looks sort of like uh, a little pixie appears right in front of, let me point it out, the group of bats uh, sort of south of Air and sort of floats there. It's bright red, it looks furious as she does. And as she's going to rage, as usual, the gold veins sort of fill in with black and she's going to take a swing at the swarm of bats directly in front of her.
1: All right, go for it. And I have placed uh, a little uh, pixie sprite on the map uh, south of deer You're amazing. Uh, I'll put it just above the bats. All right, and you're rolling to hit the bats? Yes.
2: I don't think that hits with a nine.
1: Uh, unfortunately not. You swipe carving forth with the scimitar. You see the little ethereal pixie bobbing eyes wide with rage and concern across the room. Um, but you unfortunately cleave through the swarm it seems there's more air than bats in the spot that you chose
2: okay and so at the end of the turn um the pixie is going to be so full of rage that it actually explodes and i need each creature within five feet to make a dexterity saving throw for me
5: does All that right, include uh, us
1: Assuming you're placing this away from uh so that it wouldn't be next to earthen right
2: yes it's not All right. next to earthen so <laughs> in
1: that case i would say given hey, that you can see it i'm gonna let you place it outside the window uh, on the other side perfect. of the swarm of bats. Okay. Actually, given that you wanted to be close to Air Thunder, I would say that uh, it would probably be here across from Amity, if that's okay to you. Barely by the window that was actually blown out by the. Thunder yeah,
2: Storm. that's 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 perfect to me. And so the DC is. All right, excellent. That.
1: All right, um, because there is wall in the way, I think only this one Summer of bats is going to take it, um, but it is still in the blast radius. So um, let's see how it does. You said it's is it Constitution or Dexterity?
2: Use a Dexterity saving throw.
1: Beautiful. Unfortunately, that is an 18.
2: Bam! That would have been really cool. Okay. Well, um, it explodes anyway. There we
1: go. (laughs) All right. It explodes with this massive, flickering, blue-green fey energy, sending a cloud of sparkling heat rushing through the window. The bats flutter and squeak in pain and doing their best to escape it. Uh, But you can feel the energy gathering around you once more. Is that your turn?
2: That is my turn.
1: All right, excellent. Uh, with that, at the end of your turn, listen. you hear faint speaking in the other room, and then you hear the other door slam open. You hear the door to this room slam open. And, Amity, you see Ismark's shadow in the doorway. What is going on? But he, you see him glance back into the corridor behind him. And you can't see what he's looking at. He mutters, by the morning, Lord. Are you all right in there? Not entirely. What's going on out there? I don't know, we've got trouble. There's Evidently... some things undead coming in from the stairs. I Do you want me to hold them off?
5: Yeah, yeah, once I get out there, I can put up a barrier, but I need a minute to get out of these. All right. There's
4: things out there too? What the hell is this?
1: Bismarck uh, nods and unsheathing a sword shouts, Help! Anyone! There are things breaking into the inn! Help! And he is going to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Make his way right to the door, and he will attack the zombie in front of him with his longsword, making two attacks with that. Uh, The first one actually does hit, dealing 8 points of slashing damage. After that, his second attack will be a 19, dealing another 10 points of slashing damage.
2: Dude, is mark's the goat.
1: He really is. As you... uh, You can't watch, however, but let me just roll something real quick. Um, Actually, uh, he's doing this with disadvantage because he is in the darkness right now. Uh, He still hits anyway, but that's fine. Uh, So, you hear him slice forward. You hear the ringing of uh, the sword through uh, flesh, then you hear a sudden shout of horror. What the hell? These are not ordinary undead! And that is going to be the end of Ismark's turn. Next up are the bats. So, the bats are going to attack again. This time, they're going to each of them attack one of you twice. So first off against Kiva, the first swarm will attack her. That is a 16 to hit.
2: That just hits.
1: All right, uh, that will deal uh, two points of piercing damage.
2: Is that reduced already?
1: Uh, no, I'm telling you everything pre-reduction.
2: Okay.
1: All right, the next one will attack. Uh, that's a 21 to hit.
2: That one also uh, To hit.
1: Kiva. Alright, uh, but this form of bet seems much reduced in numbers. It only deals two points of piercing damage. Alright. Uh, with that, that'll be two attacks against Airthrondir. That is a 16 to hit. (sighs) Regrettably. And a 22 to hit, which I presume hits. Dealing a total of nine points of piercing damage.
5: Okay, he's looking pretty bad.
1: Next up, uh, two against Amity. That's going to be a 17 to hit and an 11. Uh, both of
5: those. Uh, deer is going to cutting words the 11 as he yells hey you mongrels don't you even try it or that you will be in our stew tomorrow and he's going to reduce that but really one two eight
1: <laughs> all good um, so the the it first hits. one does hit that hits was the one with uh, most of its members dead from the thunder wave so uh, amity only takes two points of piercing damage. Uh, also, Aethern also I made a mistake. The swarm that attacked you uh, and hit had half a six point, so you could have the damage that you took as well.
4: Got you. And the second hit?
1: Uh, the second hit was an eleven.
4: Right, and cutting words it? to ten. How much damage?
1: Oh, to the ten hit your AC? My AC is ten. Beautiful. Uh, that's going to be seven points of piercing damage. Oh boy. Alrighty then. Uh, so with that, that is the end of the swarms of bats. Arena's going to spend her turn doing Irina things. <laughs> At this point, as you watch, you hear a sudden hiss, and mist begins to spill from the window to the south. You watch as it begins to expand into a massive cloud of fog that soon swallows up the entirety of the room, blinding the lot of you. Uh, this is entirely in the southern room. All right. Next up is Amity. That's right, it is. Amity adopts a
4: defensive posture, holding her hands over her head and stumbles out. They're they're here because of her. Because of them. Get get, get out of here. And um, disengaging, of course. One, two, three. Oh, right. Her movement speed is currently not optimal. uh, And so this is as far as she can
1: go. All right, you enter the room just in time to see a... uh... You, you see the zombie that Ismark is currently fighting. Uh, you can see that it appears to be missing an arm and that it seems to have no head. Blackish, reddish blood splurting from its neck, but as it lurches forward with claws, Ismark parries back, shouting back in defiance. And, Amity, is that your turn?
4: Don't hurt me, she says. That's her turn. She can't do anything. Else. I guess you're b- b- bardic inspiration. Bonus action. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's give that to uh, Ismark. He looks pretty sweet. You got this, Ismark.
1: Ismark glances back and gives you a nod, uh, doing his best to offer a smile. As he does, he uh, moves up to parry as the uh, zombie in front of him swipes toward him. It has going to make a claw attack against him. Uh, He parries it easily, however, avoiding the attack. The zombie slashes toward him, and then pausing, tilting its head as if listening to something slowly takes a step back, and as you watch as six other of the other creatures step back, He takes a swipe toward the one uh, that's retreating. That is a crit slicing through the torso entirely. You watch as a small pale head on the ground that was madly chattering its teeth abruptly pauses and lulls to the side. However, as he does, panting, nodding to himself, a sudden shadow swoops in from overhead and stands in the place where the zombie head once stood. Ismark blinks in the darkness, stepping back. But Amity, you recognize the shape immediately in the dim light. The pale, gaunt features, the widow's peak pulled back over his head. The dark black cape pulled over the red tunic and the scarlet gem at the neck. You immediately recognize Strahd von Zarevitz standing atop the stairs beyond. He fixes Ismark and you with his gaze, a small smile tugging at his lips. Good evening. Might I. enjoin your premises? Ismark staggers back, looking back helplessly at Amity for the moment we're out of initiative. Amity, what are you doing? I, the rest I, of you I, watch as the bat suddenly still fluttering up away from you, clinging to the sides of the room, other glances all gazing toward the hallway.
4: I. I, I didn't realise that the bats were yours, she says, kneeling.
1: As Mark glances back, eyes wide. He holds his long sword up in front of the door. He pauses, glancing back toward Amity. Are, are your friends alright? What's what's going on in there? Uh the rest of you here, uh sorry, specifically Air Third Ear and Kiva, you hear Strahd's voice. in and Metron, you do as well. It's unmistakable is
5: the fog still there
1: the fog as you watch slowly begins to dissipate vanishing
2: eva has backed herself up into the corner of the room uh holding her scimitar in front of her
1: yeah
5: air yeah. deer just gives her a desperate look and whispers i what do we what do we do
2: stay quiet and hide I... and don't let him know that we're in here
5: he already knows. He sent the bats in.
1: I know you're there, my dear. Please, let us not exercise this foolishness a moment longer. Come out. I wish to see my guests in my treasured Barovia.
2: Kiva um. looks absolutely panicked at Earth and Deer. Um
5: Here, if we don't let him in, they, they mentioned that, right? That vampires can't come in without an invitation. We just got to make sure he nobody looks him in the eyes and I'm going to go after Amity. You do what you need to, and he's going to no, run out no, him I'm, the
1: hallway. I'm
2: coming. I'm coming. Kiva will okay. come looking down at the floor. She's not looking up
1: at all. All right. Uh, what are Lillison and Metrion doing?
3: Metrion hearing Strahd's voice booming through the, the, uh, the inn uh, immediately seizes up uh, pressing his crossbow to his chest and slams his back against the cupboard uh, or wardrobe and pushes himself into it more, trying desperately to keep the door shut. Is Lillison assisting?
0: Lillison will actually go over to the window and see what she can see from there.
1: All right, Uh, make a perception check for me. And as you're doing that, Erthrandir, uh, you see as Strahd glances over Ismark's shoulder and offers you a nod. Good evening. I trust you've uh, come to enjoy your stay in Vallaki, though I must confess my dismay. Truly, Metreon cannot believe that the wardrobe he is holding will keep my servants from sharing their gifts or his voice ringing out through the, through the night.
5: My liege, what do you want?
1: Must a lord of the land have a reason for wishing to pay a visit to his honored guests? It is my business well, to know general- what those in my domain are doing after all. And yeah.
5: Yes. But generally, visits involve a bit more tea and convenial chatter than breaking in of windows. But it is good to speak with you. So we'd be happy to speak with you if you'd let us know why you're here.
1: Indeed. For starters, Vallaki is such a charming little town. It's been so long since I've visited. I thought it might be worthwhile to see how it's changed i've only had the chance to make intermittent trips as of late so it's wonderful to see that this little inn has grown to accommodate such interesting guests beyond that of course i wish to and at this point you hear uh lillison what do you roll
0: i rolled a 23 for perception
1: beautiful so, you see the shifting of a shadow outside of your window, like a large winged form suddenly whooshing past the window up to the roof overhead. You can faintly hear the sound of soft clacking, what sounds like claws on the roof above you. And as you do, Amity and Deer, you see a dark shape drop onto the staircase behind Strahd. Its strange features are difficult to make out of the night. It seems to be almost a person wearing a large cape of feathers, a strange protrusion on the front of their face. But as you look, Amity, you can just faintly see a long, dark beak, black feathers covering the head down over the shoulders, a cloak down over the shoulders, and a short sword held directly out towards Strahd from behind. And you hear a voice say, I must insist that you depart. Devils have no home in this place of sanctuary. Strahd pauses and slowly turns, inspecting the figure behind him for a moment and then shakes his head. Interruptions aside that I shall deal with shortly. You hear a a sharp intake of breath from behind him. And then you hear the flapping of wings and the clacking of claws from the top of the roof. And the newcomer speaks again. I must warn you, my friends do not take so kindly to intruders. I must politely insist for the welfare of those that live here and those that remain as guests, that you respect their guest right and depart in peace. Strahd rolls his eyes, and then he fixes his gaze on Ambity. Interruptions aside, and he fixes his gaze on Erythrynde, who I presume is not meeting his gaze.
5: Oh no, he is not. He is shaking like a leaf, but he is looking down.
1: <sighs> I had thought, I had hoped to avoid unwelcome intrusions, but I hope that one chooses a location beds drenched in raven droppings. That is what one must learn to accommodate. At this, you hear the sound of a door suddenly opening and you hear and you see uh, light suddenly flooding into the chamber as you watch Erwin and Danica stepping out of the large bedroom to the top of the stairs on the opposite side, each one holding crossbows. Slowly make their way out, Erwin shouts, what is the meaning of this? Count von average, please explain. What... What... What do you mean by this? Strahd quirks an eyebrow and turns toward them. It seems that birds of a feather do flock together. <laughs> but nonetheless, I have more than... More at hand than the attentions of a few little birds. He turns back to Earthrendir and Amity. Now, as discussed, I wish to visit upon my guests, and it is considered impolite to deny the presence of the Lord of the land you remain in. So, if it would behoove you to do so, might I join you and share the evening in this he wrinkles his nose, and for a moment, you see his nostrils become like bats. Pitiable, but perhaps respectable establishment.
5: Arthur is just going to throw a desperate look at Amity and shake his head.
4: Amity looks at Arthur Um, uh, you, I, I invite you to enter my room, but the. Hallway and the other rooms are not mine to give.
2: Amity, what are you doing?
4: Not ending up in the march.
2: Kiva looks completely and, and utterly betrayed.
1: Strahd smiles, then you watch as he vanishes in a cloud of mist. As Mark starts stumbling back. What's in the hells? You hear uh, a retort from the uh, bird-headed creature outside. Look out, he could spring up from anywhere. Amity, you wait for a few long moments while you're doing this. Uh, what are Lillison and Metreon doing?
3: Uh, Metreon is uh, whispering, uh, to Lillison they, saw it, they said it was safe they said it was fucking safe it's not safe what are we gonna do
2: they, they know we're here
0: they he specifically called out you and the wardrobe
3: what do you I here? know I don't he can't come in though right he's gotta be invited
0: I think he just was invited
4: oh fuck me not into your room if, if this is a conversation, Emily he can hear. No, this is a this okay. Is this is our, whispered. <laughs> okay, got it.
0: Panicked whispering. Do we go out? Join the others.
3: If I do, he's gonna kill me. He didn't get. He didn't get enough blood last time.
0: I think if we stay in here, we won't be any safer.
3: You could go out there, I'm not.
0: All right, I'll go out there. Help me move the dresser away again. Uh,
3: Metreon pauses looking down at the floor uh, with wide beady eyes, uh, sweating profusely uh, and very slowly. Uh, as, as slowly as he possibly can, starts to get up off the floor. And Lillison would be able to see, uh, but he, his hands are quaking, trembling as he's moving towards the other end of the wardrobe. Are you sure you want to do this?
0: Uh, Metreon can see that Lillison is massaging the um, gem on her palm with her other, with the thumb of her other hand and just like looking almost nauseous. She nods slowly and she says, I don't think, I don't think I can stay here much longer.
3: None of us can. And with that, uh, Metron will start to pull the wardrobe away, provided Lillison is like helping him push it, because he's yeah, will middle help arms.
1: It. All right. There is a slow scraping against the floor. As Mark glances back and sees Amity retreating toward the room, Amity, wait, what are you? And Amity, as you step into the room, as I presume you're now there, correct?
4: Yeah, and she's gonna say to Kiva, um. He he's probably going to come into the through the window, so you might want to leave.
2: What are you what are you doing this for?
4: I don't think we could stop him.
2: You're putting yourself and all of us at risk, and I really don't know if you're thinking of that. And with that, she's going to leave the room.
4: It just Stay, stay in the hallway of the other rooms. Then he, you don't have to invite him in if you don't want to.
5: Amity. deer, it looks like a mix between Furious and like he's about to fall over at any moment, but he just gives her a nod.
4: We, we, let's talk about this later. I'm,
5: I'm not talking. I'm saying I'm coming in with you. I'll make tea. Two minds are better than one.
4: Amity goes up to the window and looks out.
1: As you watch, you can see, coming from the corner of your vision, a cloud of fog and mist spilling through the window to your left. And Aerithrondi, are you re-entering the room? He
5: is. Although before he does, he's going to look at he's going to look at Kiva and grab her hand and say, Hey, And if I my name's Ariel. If you want to My family's from a place called Ofstra out in the Far East. Look for them if anything happens, if you make if you make it out. I will
2: squeeze his hand as he goes by and nod, and then she's going to leave the room and she's going to try to find Irina as soon as possible.
1: All right. Um, Amity, out of the corner of your eye and Erythrindir as you step forward, um, before you can move toward the table, you see a thick cloud of mist boiling in through the window. As you watch, it slowly forms swirling in one of the chairs upon the, of the table, and you watch as and the chair closest to the beds, slowly, lazily forming into the shape of a silhouette, finally coalescing with the form of Strahd von Zarevich, reclining in his chair, one leg over the other, in a relaxed position, smiling at you, bearing his fangs over his lower lip and slowly extending a hand toward Amity. Mon- Amity, oh, sorry. No, Amity, you're first.
4: goes to uh, shake the hand, though, averts her
1: eyes from his gaze. Strahd chuckles as he accepts it. As you watch the bats chitter and squeal, uh, taking their places up in the rafters, perched upon different parts of the room. There every single one of their dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of beady little black red eyes piercing through the darkness down toward you. A few thin wafts of mist still swirling around the base of the floor. Strahd accepts her hand, and as you move to shake, it chuckles and abruptly stands. Once more, you're reminded of how tall he is, for even your height, he still towers above you, a dark, gaunt silhouette that casts you into shadow, blocking the light of the candle entirely. He slowly looks down at you and... slowly... touches his finger to the point of your horn, chuckling softly. I must confess... despite your... Taste in venue. You and your friends were an intriguing taste when last we met. I wish to see if it was but a freak accident or if you are indeed as interesting as I believe. And you watch as you feel like his fingers slowly move down your neck, his claws poking against the flesh there just but a taste Lord
5: Strahd I might it be easier for you if the blood is freely given perhaps if we uh, take a cup and fill it ourselves that way there's a easier for everyone involved
1: Strahd's gaze snaps toward you and then he hears Amity about to speak what is she going to say
4: um, as, as you can see, I'm already, uh, your, your servants have already taken some from me. Uh, she holds out her arm, um, blood dripping down it. Um, pl- lap up what you want, but I think if you bite me again, I might not survive it.
1: Oh, I assure you, my dear. But then again, if your friend is willing to offer his own services, I must say that well I appreciate one's selflessness the selflessness of heroes one might say I must confess that I enjoy partaking in a more intimate experience he turns to face Aethron Deer
5: at that entire sentence he goes just dead white (sighs) And if you do so, all right. Is that a okay for the cup then? Or do you want
1: more? Provide your neck.
5: Arithrindir is going to do so, but as he does, he is going to murmur what to Amity sounds half like an incantation, half like a prayer, And cast Healing Word on himself.
1: Strahd raises an eyebrow, but does not seem to react to it. You may cast Healing Word.
5: Okay. Healed for six.
1: All right. With that, you watch as Strahd slowly leans forward, his fangs bared, extending toward Erethrondir's neck, his fangs slightly piercing into the pale flesh there. And then he stops, shaking his head and chuckling darkly. What a disappointment. He pulls back his head entirely, not releasing his grip on Erthrandir's neck, but keeping his claws there piercing sharply, almost painfully into the flesh. He shakes his head again. I always expect more of outsiders to my lands, but perhaps you are just the dregs and the chaff. A shame. I thought you might be interesting, but evidently not. And his arm lashes forward toward your torso, uh, aiming to strike. Okay. That's going to be a 20 to hit? Yes. You suffer 5 points of slashing damage, plus 11 points of necrotic damage. Still up. How many hit points do you have? Three. Three. All right. You watch as Strahd's hand flashes out like lightning, slashing across Aerithrondyr's chest. You hear the elf stagger and cry out as a sudden gout of blood explodes from his chest, splashing across the floor. You see your stagger, almost falling, but ultimately standing. Strahd looks down. All and- right.
5: If that's what you want, if you want interesting, if that is your game, then we will do our damn best to pr-
1: provide.
5: <sighs> He's hyperventilating.
1: Alright, is there anything else beer will do?
5: He's going to stand blearily up. If that's what you want from us, interest, then fine. Fine, if that's But if we're to provide, we need to live. We have to—I nearly died from your last bite by a sheer feat of bad luck. If we're to be whatever you want us to be, then we need to make it out of here. Then we need to live it. And that means that for the moment, your attentions might kill us before— your game, whatever it is, is finished. Does that make sense, Lord Strat?
1: Rod shakes his head and chuckles. <laughs> My dear Earthrendir, whatever gave you the indication that I came here tonight intending to kill you? Nothing. You watch as his features blur and become ethereal and turn to a wispy nothingness as his body dissolves into ethereal mist and boils out of the window and vanishes out of sight.
5: Amity, are you okay?
4: I don't know. Here, Amity. Leans over. Do you mind if I heal you? Go ahead. Amity embraces uh, Erthundir and sheds a few tears as she casts Cure Wounds.
1: As she does, uh, you hear the scraping of wood against wood and Lillison and Metreon finish heaving the wardrobe to the side. You can open your door if you'd like.
2: I uh, would himself.
1: See Ismark standing, facing toward the south as Fist clenched so tight that it's gone white. You see, Kiva. Uh, was Kiva still in the corridor?
2: Yeah, Kiva's. Uh, uh, th- 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 no, I think she go. She went to go find Irina, so she sort of pushed past past Ismar to make sure that Strahd wasn't going after her.
1: All right. Uh, so you're still in the corridor, though. Yes. All right. Uh, with that, as Amity casts Cure Wounds, you see the bats slowly. Taking flight from their place in the rafters and filtering out through the window, vanishing into the night through the broken glass. Uh, Kiva. And you can see the undead slowly turning and shambling down the stairs, vanishing into the night. You can see the strange, raven headed figure turning toward them, sheathing its uh, short sword in a scabbard at its side and sprinting m- wide, massive black wings that it flaps once and takes flight, vanishing over the banister to the east. And then the inn goes silent and it's quiet.
0: So the conversation that just happened in the other room, um, would it have been audible to everybody?
1: Uh, you would have heard uh, Strahd's conversation with Air Thrandir, yes
0: okay um, Lillison's going to glance back at Metrion, give him uh, just like a slight nod and then take a deep breath and basically just gently but firmly push Ismark and Kiva aside as she goes down into that large room
1: Alright, as you do, you see uh uh Kiva, you see Danica and Erwin exchange looks. Uh Danica calls out Kiva, is everyone alright over there?
2: Uh I think I think we're fine, um uh but we could probably use some um bandages or something.
1: She nods and exchanges a look with Erwin. They swiftly begin making their way down the stairs, uh down at the tap room and vanish into the kitchen. You watch as uh, Erwin splits off from Danica's path and begins making his way toward the front door. You hear the door to the taproom open and then click. Uh, Lillison, you hear the sound of flapping wings descending uh, from the roof, uh, stopping shortly below your window. All right, what are the rest of you doing?
5: Erthrindir, after Amity heals him, does not return the hug. He's going to kind of extricate himself from her grip and step out into the hall. Lillison, Metrion uh,
3: Metron, Metron is actually when Lillison leaves, he uh, slumps against the corner of the room and slides back onto the floor and is uh, still keeping himself like between the wall and the wardrobe. Gotcha. Uh, hyperventilating. Yeah. Lillison,
0: Lillison is going to be standing basically right outside the door uh, and is going to prevent Aerithrendir from stepping into the corridor
5: What do you want?
0: What in the world was that shameful display?
5: Aerithrendir How how
4: dare you? Aerithrendir just let himself be bitten so that the rest of us amity be left alone.
5: Amity. Let her talk. And I suppose, let me guess, or no, no, I'm sorry, I want to hear this. What should I have done better, Lillison?
0: First of all, I don't believe that inviting him in was the best strategy. And second... Look, fine. Fine, fine. Next time. And now we know there will be a next time. Next time. Don't show your fear. Don't show your defiance. If... Let me talk to him. Let me do all the talking. Can I get you any warm water or bandages or
5: anything? Lillison, what you can do right, n- right now is letting me get somewhere where I don't have to fucking listen to you. I'm sorry. Were you... Did I... Did I fail at crisis management? Did I miss a few steps? Did I, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm responding very poorly to all this, unlike you, the trained negotiator. I'm sure it would have gone fine. But I'm... I'm, I'm sure, sure. And when he tears your beating heart out of your chest, either for defiance or for playing along, then I will be sure to heal your wounds and mop your blood. And maybe I will refrain from telling you how fucking right I was.
2: Is keeping hearing this? Because if so, she's going to now pull Lillison away and give and a look like, all right, we're all a little fucking stressed right now. That's uncalled for. Lillison, let's take a walk.
5: We're not. It wouldn't have changed anything, you know, that he wants us. He wants something out of us. He's not going to leave us alone.
0: We'll speak of this in the morning. Go.
5: dear is going to... Yeah. He's just going to head down the stairs. As he does, he's going to murmur a quick spell and cast healing word on Amity and Kiva with the last of his spell slots.
1: All right. And as you do, uh, Lillison, watching Erthrendir's glyphs shimmering in the air, you hear a faint sob from your left and glancing faintly through the dim light into Ismark and Irina's room. You see Ismark sitting on Irina's bed, an arm around her shoulder, and you hear a faint sob.
0: Kiva, I'll be fine. Please, you should probably go attend to Irina. She's probably terrified. Okay,
2: um, look, if... if you need anything, and if he fucking says anything like that to you again, I'll beat the shit out of him. And she's gonna give him a little... give her a little smirk, and then go to Irina.
1: All right. As you make your way into the room... Uh, Metreon, you hear the sudden rush and flapping of many wings. And glancing toward the window, you watch as four large, uh, human sized forms with massive black wingspans, wingspans take to the skies, moving past your window and then vanishing out of sight. As you do, you hear footsteps coming up the staircase outside, and you listen. You see Danica, a number of items held in her hands, followed shortly after by Erwin stepping inside. Please, if anyone's injured, let me take a look. I'll do what I can to help.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Lilsen is actually going to see if she can join Amity.
1: All right. Uh, just so I can get a sense of where everyone is right now, Thrindier is where? Amity, uh, still in the room, is the room with Amity Kiva's with Irina
5: Air dear, at the moment, if no one is stopping him, is leaving the inn
1: Alright Um Very good With that, alright and you successfully make your way into the room with Amity and looking around you hear a soft gasp behind you as Danica surveys the room Oh my goodness Oh my goodness, and she sees Amity moving forward. She's carrying a pitcher of water in one hand and branches in the other. Are the both of you are right. Those creatures?
0: I'm fine. Uh, I believe Amity is probably very hurt. I don't know what happened here, but we're very sorry that, to bring this trouble down upon you.
1: No, it's... She kind of bites her lip and hisses. Beneath the rest, she looks over at the window, shaking her head. It is not your fault. Please do not blame yourselves. Um, Metreon, you hear footsteps. And you see Erwin uh, peer into the room, glancing in. Oh, you're right in here, son. Um, was there any trouble, any injury, any damage?
3: Uh, before he can like get into the room, uh, Metreon boots the door shut.
1: Erwin sighs heavily. Let's head alone. I'll
3: be out in a minute oh, Sorry
1: of course. Just, Not just a problem a He shakes his head and moves to Join Danica uh, Kiva, as you enter Ismark And Irina's room uh, Ismark's arm is around Irina's shoulder He's hugging her tight to his side Irina doesn't seem to be Sobbing, but you can see With your uh, dark vision And your perception that she is Very faintly trembling You hear Ismark murmur It's going to be alright, he- He's not, nothing's going to happen. It's alright. And you hear Irina begin to murmur something and then pauses. The two of them look up and they can see your shape silhouetted by the flickering candlelight in the corridor outside.
2: Kiva's going to, um, walk into the room and crouch down in front of Irina, sort of kneeling on the floor and, um, offer her hand to hold.
1: Irina sniffs and accepts your hand holding onto it and then squeezing it with a great force you can feel her skin cold against yours you can see that she's much paler than ordinary even for a barovian and feel the faint shaking <sighs> uh, are you oh, are you alright I, I heard fighting did anyone get hurt
2: we're fine we're we're all fine um the Martakovs are taking care of amity and uh Erthhrund is very resourceful and was able to heal himself a little bit, and and they're all gone and and we're fine, okay?
1: She slowly nods. Okay, okay. And you're okay, right? You're okay.
2: I'm okay. If if it's she's gonna slowly like feel it out, she's gonna try to wipe some of the tears away from Irina's face and um and just sort of lean in and say, we're not going to let anything happen to you. And, and we're not going to let anything happen to us. He, he won't win, I promise you.
1: Irina flinches as you reach for her in a way as you say those words and says, her voice quiet, please just tell them I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean for any of this to happen. Just tell them I'm sorry.
2: It's not your fault. What he's doing is, has nothing to do with you at all. I, I need you to understand that. I, I know what it's like to blame yourself for the actions of someone else, but I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, and I'll keep telling you until you believe me, that none of us blame you for this. You have done yeah. nothing wrong.
1: Irina's hand slowly slips from yours; her grasp going limp. She glances aside, not meeting your eyes. Please, I, I just—I just need some time to think. I'm sorry.
2: Kiva looks uh, hurt, but completely gives her the space that she needs right away and just leaves the room.
1: All right. As you do, you feel a hand around your wrist, larger than Irina's. Callus is pressing against your uh, fingers, and as you glance you see Ismark there, his eyes reading yours, looking heartfelt and earnest in the darkness. And he whispers, thank you, and turns back to his sister.
2: She nods uh, respectfully and respectfully leaves the room.
1: All right, as you do, you see Erwin uh, surveying the room to the south. You can see Danica moving toward Amity. If you, if you need that, I can wash off some of the bites, uh, see what I can do to clean up the wounds. And you hear Erwin surveying the room, shaking his head. Damn it. First, the problems with the wine shipments, and now this, this is not going to be. Damn it. He rubs his forehead, harshly digging his fingers deep into the skin there and turns away, shaking his head, pressing a hand against the wall. He doesn't meet your eyes as you make your way forward. venica sighs and continues doing her best to clean out Amity's wounds.
4: Can, can we help you fix the window?
1: It's it's fine, it's fine. And he excels slowly, and Tanika gives you a small smile. It's all right. It's um, like I said, it's not your fault. We um, we have friends who can help take care of it. We'll, we'll, we've got savings. Uh, we we have we know some people who can help. We'll be all right. What's important is that our guests are safe and. At least physically, I hope that you all are.
4: I I didn't know what to do. It might be my fault.
0: Melissa sits down um, on a chair not that far away, actually, from Amity and looks at her uh, and by now her expression is sort of more pity than anything else and says, Amity, I'm just asking because I want to make sure that you aren't still under the effects.
4: Oh, What were you thinking? I i didn't look in his eyes. I guess you can check that. Um, I was thinking that if, if I didn't invite him in, then maybe he'd get mad at us and try to kill everyone, or at least a lot of us. But if I invited him in, ...everywhere, then he might do the same thing, so... ...I I tried to only get him into my room... ...so that he he wouldn't think that I was trying to stop him, but also that he wouldn't get to everyone else.
0: Willison slowly nods and just says... ...I wonder whether that counts as a standing invitation. Whether, Oh, no. It's alright. There's room on the floors and the other chambers, I suppose.
4: Ne- next time I'll let you talk. <sighs> Thank you. I... I suppose
0: I could also give you a few pointers, but only if you wanted them, but... Look, I know that you are trying to be safe and I don't think that this is your fault, but I think we will have to all weigh our words very, very carefully when dealing with him. There might be a way to refuse him while still staying very polite. I don't know if it will be enough to save us, but... And then she looks over to Danica and says, You seem to have absolutely no trouble denying him entrance, I noticed.
1: Danica gives you a odd look. It is, well, it is, it is customary in uh, Verlaki and elsewhere not to invite a stranger into your home, and the chances that I might be a vampire course, when you know the guest to in truth be a vampire, it is uh, more advisable, yes?
0: You did not fear his wrath falling upon you at all.
1: There are other things in this world than the wrath of a bitter man. There is pride, there is family, there is honor, and there is good. There are cruel tyrants, yes, but and does not mean we have to give in to their darkness.
0: You are a very brave
4: woman.
1: <laughs> I am just an innkeeper and a bartender, but thank you. And she looks over to Amity and quietly brushes her fingers across the bandages. There, that should take care of most of the bites. If uh, any blood soaks through, let me know so I can make sure to uh, take care, but uh, you should be good for the rest of the night. They should heal over quickly, but <laughs> not very deep.
4: Lillison, he was, you, did you hear him talk about whether we were interesting and, and how we were outsiders?
0: Yes, I heard that.
4: I think we might want to find other outsiders. If, if there's anyone who came from the outside but lived here for a while, I, I don't know, maybe we can start with Octavio. Just, I, I don't know whether we should try to keep us interesting so that he wants us alive or be boring so that he doesn't care
0: I fear that if we from the way he was speaking with it, I it seems that if we do not attract his interest he may as well kill us as simply ignore us I don't think that's a very viable strategy
4: Then, if we do attract his interest... I... We just have to figure out how to do it without making him angry.
0: We will have to be clever and resourceful and brave, like the heroes in your stories.
3: He's gonna kill us anyway. Uh, and uh, Metreon, at this point, while everyone was talking, was very hurriedly putting on his disguise kit, packing up everything, and throwing it in his sack, and is standing in the doorway. Uh, it's just kind of like at the tail end of this conversation. I'm not that
4: kind of person. I'm not a quester. I'm not a hero. I don't want to live in a story.
0: Everybody's already the hero of their own stories, Themity.
4: She chuckles bitterly
0: Yeah, like kind of rolls her eyes a little bit As she says that
3: as well I'm getting out of here I don't know about any of you But I I can not stay here Not tonight, not not ever again Frankly, so uh, It's been nice knowing y'all I've got to get out of here though
0: Uh, I understand the sentiment
3: No, no, you don't understand the sentiment
0: Alright, I'll pretend to understand the sentiment But he can't get in here He's out there somewhere
4: If if you're leaving, then can I take your key? I don't know if I can sleep in this room.
1: There's a pause for a moment as your words hang in the air. And while this conversation goes on, Erethrindir, as you make your way away from the inn into the shadows of Vallaki, the dark, empty streets, the waxing moon high overhead, you are alone. What is it Erethrindir doing?
5: He is keeping his head down. He's going to find the quietest part of the city he can, whether that be a back alley a abandoned building with a window open or the door unlocked, just somewhere that's completely secluded.
1: All right, I mean, so you're looking for like an empty house. What exactly, like you can duck in uh, one of the alleyways. They all seem quite quiet and empty.
5: Alleyway will work then he's going to find the most secluded one he can.
1: You find that little corner where a house has a little alcove into the side, a place where perhaps another wing or another structure once stood, but now you see only dark and damp cobblestone overcome with green-black flecks of moss, a soft puddle of mud onto one side, and the old splinters of ancient crates sticking up out of the sodden earth. There's a thin mist curling along the ground of this Muddy alleyway, and as you lean against the wall, you can see your breath softly swirling and misting in the air as you exhale.
5: He's almost crying, and obviously holding it back, but instead he draws his wand from the sheath at his hip, concentrates, and begins to weave a pattern in the air, leaving gl- blue sea green lines glowing. And this is more complicated than his usual spells, after it goes on for about a minute, and fairly soon the air around him is full of writing and shimmering light. And he, it's, finishes the pattern, his steps quiet and precise, and casts Silent Image. And the alley isn't an alley anymore. It's a beach at sundown, waves lapping against where the moss used to be in a bed of pearly grey sand. And he surveys the spell for a moment and then sits on the sand on the sand feet outstretched towards the surf, and puts his head in his hands and stays there until the spell wears off.
1: All right. The mist softly curls Deer by himself in the alley and back in the inn Amity's request for the key rings out as Metreon holds his sack over his shoulder. Metreon, what is your response? Uh, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that?
4: Uh, Amity asked if she could have your key if you're leaving permanently because she doesn't think she can sleep in, you know, this room.
3: Uh, yeah, he just uh, rifles through one of his pockets and tosses it at her at her feet.
4: Thank you. And and Lillison, if you have any tips, then I'm all up for hearing them.
0: In the morning, yes. Metreon, you know that. Leaving by yourself is certain death, right?
3: Uh, I don't know anything right now. And uh, Metreon turns around and and walks away.
4: Do you actually think, Lillicen, that Metreon and Aetherndir are certainly dead?
0: I don't know. I certainly don't think it's the wisest thing to leave by themselves right now, but I'm also certain that if they stayed here, they would probably kill me, so I'm good either way.
4: I I, I don't think they're really that angry at you.
0: Oh, no. Of course not, but they seem like the sort of person who when they get angry it spills out to everybody around them
4: maybe do
0: you know the sort of person i'm talking about
4: i i know what you're talking about yeah i i have a feeling that you know it better than me
0: Particularly, I don't think. You said that you came from a small village. Was it,
4: I suppose, was it peaceful there? Everyone knows everyone and reputation is really important. So it was pretty peaceful. There were some people who were prone to anger, but we, were, we all got along together
0: why did you leave if you don't mind my asking
4: I didn't intend to leave permanently I, I hope I didn't leave permanently I, I was going to Neverwinter for business
0: yes you mentioned the, the publisher for your book of tales I suppose I had assumed that you had been on the road for well before that at least
4: I, I've, I've left the village, but I've always lived there. It's always been my home. I've never left for a long time. I've gone to live in another city entirely.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Uh, DM, where is Truffle?
4: Oh, um, I mean, Truffle's- he, he probably woke up, I guess, during the bat thing. <laughs> um, he's probably hiding under a bed. But it's up to Dragna, I guess.
1: Yes, uh, Truffle is in fact hiding uh, under a bed. You look down and you see him uh, trembling and quaking, his little beady black eyes wide. And as uh, Amity peers down to look at him, he snuffles up at her in small distress.
4: Amity curls him up in her arms. It's all right, the the bats are gone. It's okay, Truffle. Mm, Good, Truffle.
0: (sighs) Ah. I suppose this is Truffle's first big, terrifying adventure as well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah.
0: Listen, I know this is going to be a bad night for all of us, but at some point tomorrow, maybe, maybe tomorrow evening... um. I would love to actually hear some of your stories. I wasn't, I wasn't here for. When you, gave that performance in the tap room. I'd love to. Melisande smiles, uh, in, what seems to be a very genuine manner, and uh, stands up. Do you um. Do you want to take, Metrion's bed.
4: <laughs> sure, as, as long as it's not covered in makeup.
0: I can't promise that.
4: <laughs> all right, and um, Amity goes to Metreon's bed and examines it for stains.
1: Uh, Metreon, is the bed stained at all or is it relative? Oh
3: yeah, the pillows and the, the sh- especially are quite stained with uh, shoe polish and uh, pancake makeup.
4: I mean, as long as it's only makeup. I mean, there's some, hey. wine sta- there's some wine
3: stains, too. So. Those are the only stains that you detect. <laughs> OK, that's good. <laughs> Any other stains are from
1: previous guests?
0: Uh-huh. Likely story. Certainly.
1: All right. So uh, as Amity moves toward Metreon's room, Irwin and Danica move in. Uh, you see uh, each of them with a broom and a dustpan beginning to sweep up the shattered bits of glass and splintered wood upon the ground of the room. Uh, slowly doing their best to clean up um, and surveying the area as they try to put things back to a semblance of normalcy.
4: Listen, I know you were in the camp that was just like, live here forever, make a living. But I, I really, really want to get out of here, if I can.
0: I... I understand. And for what it's worth, I don't actually want to live here forever and make a living. I just... I think that we need to at least figure out what people here are like in their daily lives so we can keep our heads down when we need to.
1: Right. Let's do it. All right. Is anyone else doing anything in the inn at this point?
2: So... Uh, Kiva, um,
1: what do you... Yes.
2: Oh, perfect timing. So once uh, she sees... Erwin and Danica go into the room that everyone else has vacated. She's going to uh, enter the room and sort of close the door behind her, but not shut it all the way. So like, just, you know, keep it cracked open.
1: All right. You can hear, you can see that Erwin and Danica appear to be, uh, Erwin is murmuring something to Danica. Danica shakes her head. Um, uh, But as the door quietly squeaks, almost closed, Danica's gaze uh, glances over toward you. Oh, Kiva, forgive us., uh, we were just doing our best to get the room back in order. It shouldn't be too long.
2: Take your time, truly. I, I don't know if any of us are going to be going right back to sleep, but um, I would like to talk to you about something if that's all right.
1: Irwin nods. Of course, whatever we can do is uh, what do you what do you have in mind? Can we uh, any concerns that we can assist with? I know that you've all had a quite a troublesome evening.
2: Uh, just one, actually. What can you tell me about those birds?
1: Erwin's eyebrows slowly creep up and Danica's eyes faintly narrow. And that's where we're going to take a break. Ah! Car, car.
4: Car?
3: <laughs> great.
1: Oh. oh boy. All right. So hope you all enjoyed the first half of the episode. We'll see you back here soon.